The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Seven minutes past the hour here and we are happy to be with you on your drive home this hump day. You have made it through the first part of the week. You're on the downward slide now, folks. Maybe hey, are you thinking about a new fence? You get maybe, fence. Maybe, maybe you need a pole barn. Oh, man. <laughs> new systems. New systems. We're getting there. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. Um, this learning curve in going from 9 to 11 to 4 to 6 has apparently been steeper than any of us anticipated. Yes, uh, no doubt there. But we are on the downward slide out of the week as we continue to bring you the most comprehensive and timely sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. We are live in the Lee Company studio on WKOM 1017 FM, the Front Porch Sports Headquarters. Continuing our college football roundtable-ish discussions um, as we have brought in guests from across the country to talk about different college football divisions and conferences, and we have... And you know what? Say what you will about us. We can get some guests. If nothing else, we can bring you some... Check us out just to see who we've got on. Yeah. Who else is going to be on? Because Chris and Mo may not bring the show, but... The guests are, are, are fantastic, and today is no, se- no, as, no different. As one of our promos says, you never know who might stop by. <laughs> That's right. But first, we need to give you, this segment is brought to you by our friends at Columbia Academy, org. Make sure to give them a shout over in either Spring Hill or Columbia. Phone number in Columbia is 931-388-5363. In Spring Hill, it's 931-486-1002. It's 1002. org. the best way to get your 
tour scheduled today. Now, heading to the phone lines, talking about Conference USA as the West Division. This guy has seen the current West Division Goliath rise from absolute nothing. And joining us now is longtime UAB writer Steve Irvine. Steve, welcome in. Thank you so much for taking time out of your vacation that I'm sure you are enjoying to uh, spend some time with us today. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys. I appreciate you having me on. I don't know. Am I part of the downward slide? That means you got the good people out of the way early, and then you put the down in the downward slide. You that's are. That's what this is. Okay. I, I, I agree with you. That's what it is. Now. I don't think that the, was the intent. Here's the thing. is At least you're at the top of the slide, Steve. There you go. The last, like ge- the last guest on Friday is the take it out with the trash like West Wing tells you. <laughs> okay. So. okay. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if Conference USA could be uh, the top of the downward slide, they would take that right now because I'm not sure they're they're certainly not the top of the downward slide, which would be the, you know, obviously the you know non-power five, but uh, they would take that right now for sure. Well, trust me, Steve, you're talking to a UAB fan – and an MTSU grad, so uh, we we don't care what anybody says about Cusa. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're here for it. Yeah, we we absolutely yeah. we love it. So um, it's going good. Yeah. and I do think it's going to be an improved conference this year. I mean, I think that there's a uh, you know a lot of teams, a lot of a lot of schools went out and um, got themselves better. You know, with the with the uh, with the transfer portal and just different things, and and um, you know, so I, I think. Um, I think it's going to be deeper. I, I mean, I started covering it in 2005, and it might be you know as deep as it's been you know in a while. I mean, certainly as deep as it's been in a while. And and you know, some of those early days was covering when you know when the are the days with Case Keenum in Houston, and you know UCF had some uh, really good teams back then, and you know Southern Miss was rolling back then. So I mean, I think it was pretty deep back then uh, at, at times during certain seasons. But this season, I, I really think it's going to be. Uh, you know, as good as it's been in, in a long while. I didn't realize you missed the Hawaii Bowl, Steve. I did. I came in the year after. I got to cover Mike Shula's first two years at Alabama before taking over uh, UAB. I, you know, decided to get off the Alabama beat. And so I was part of, you know, I was on Alabama with uh, Mike Price stuff and Mike oh, Shula's first two years. And, you know, I saw some glory, glory days of, uh, of Alabama football. And then I, Came over to UAB and and they've been to the Hawaii Bowl the year before and um you know didn't go to a bowl game for whatever it was twelve more years or you know whatever it was so um yeah I, you know I, I'm I'm certainly not generally am not good luck for a program <laughs> that's understandable that being said and, and I covered USC during the Paul Hackett days just before Pete Carroll. So, uh, so I'm really a jinx. I'm really timing a is guy everything, huh? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh man! But that being said, UAB over the last four years has really solidified itself, thanks to, in no small part, to Bill Clark. I mean, there's no question that Bill Clark has been the 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 biggest uh, shot in the arm for UAB football since uh, Gene Bartow. Yeah, I mean he he he's the football Gene Bartow, and, and I'm a, I'm a big Watson Brown guy. I think Watson Brown, you know, really did some things with with some handcuffs on that that you know uh, that we you know, he took it as far as he could. You know, I mean, I really do. But but Bill Clark, I mean, the, what he's done 
and you know, since since he's been here, and he, I mean, even in 2014, you know, he had him at six and six, you know, and during a, a time when when six and six was, you know, like he like he said that year, and, it, and I agree with it. After they won their sixth game, he said, you know, uh, people said if we if we got Bo eligible, it'd be a miracle, and I said break out the fishes and loaves. And and that was with that team, you know. And it uh, turns out they had some pretty good players, but still they had a lot of holes that you're just like, my goodness. And then since 17, what he's done is just it's remarkable, you know. And 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 the fact that he, you know, he could have taken several jobs, mm-hmm. uh, head coaching jobs. It wasn't just some coordinator. He had some coordinator jobs, you know, when when they when they uh, killed the program. But he could take some head coaching jobs at, at some pretty solid programs and. Oh no, you lost him. That's all right. We'll get him back. Yeah. And he's right. You know, Bill Clark, coming off of not the NCAA death penalty, but the UABOT the, death yeah, penalty. Right, right. He wins the division the next year. I mean, that's and, what's crazy. And and that is crazy. And you know I'm back. I, no. <laughs> and and we appreciate it. We were just yeah, talking about, you know, what what that program went through under Bill Clark and and him yeah. reviving that program from their um, hiatus, for lack of a better right. word. Yeah, and you know the, the thing that's amazing is, is is you know I wasn't in the room when when Ray Watts was in there t- telling them I was right outside the room and you know just to see you know the film of that and just to see the way that was handled so poorly by the university. I'm not saying I mean hey in in hindsight it was it, it worked out well you know and, uh, but you know just at that time, there's not many people who would have went through that day and that time and said, you know what, I'm going to stay around and try to try to, you know, make this thing work. Uh, there just wasn't. And, and, and he, you know, he decided to do that. And, and it's just, it's a, you know, it's a movie, you know, it's, you know, I always tell people this, I always, I always say it, you know, um, it's almost like it's a, a really bad sports movie where you watch it and you go, Oh man, this thing would never happen. What are you talking about? This what you know, what a bad movie. You know, and, and but it's true. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, and you know, and and to find the players he did in fourteen. I mean, he had guys. They went around the country and they just found guys. And and you know, he didn't. He, you know, wasn't done by looking at you know rivals or twenty four seven and trying to figure out the best guys. I mean, they had one guy to start. One of their starting linebackers literally showed up on campus and and said, "I want to play football." And they said, well, you know, you, you're, you're a week late because it's already started the semester. So we, you know, we can't accept you in. And, and the guy went over to, um, I think Jeff State or somewhere, took classes and, uh, stayed, you know, got, you know, stayed eligible, stayed ready. And then as soon as the summer started, he came back and said, can I play now? And they said, yeah, come on, you know, and he ended up being their starting linebacker, you know, that year. And, and so just they found guys that were just, you know, that were good. But where did they find, you know, like there was, I can't tell you how many times I would ask, you know, Bill Clark, like, how did you, how did you spot, how did you find this guy? And he'd go, I don't really know. I'll have to ask my coaches, you know, because I, I don't know. I don't remember that one. And so it was just amazing, you know, what they've done. And now, you know, once it's rolling, you know, they, they just, um, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's crazy. And the talent, I'll tell you what, the talent level on this team right here is head and shoulders above any team they've had. And I'm talking about 18 was a good team. Now they, you know, they were that was a good team. And this team, I think, is depth wise is, is even better. You know, and um, you know they got guys that that have been starters that might lose their job because you know somebody else they brought in and and you know both can play. And I mean, they're a solid 
two deep, three deep, everywhere. You know, which in this conference, is, you know, y'all know. I mean, this conference is you don't see that every at every school, and so it's it's exciting. You know, it's exciting what they're what's coming up for them. Um, now their schedule's harder than it's ever been, and and the conference is is, is good. So, you know, their record. You know, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, maybe it'll be really good. I mean, it'll be good, I mean, but I mean, maybe it'll be one of those years, or you know, maybe it'll be one of those Coastal Carolina years like they had last year. I, you know, I don't know, but it's yeah. it's it's uh, it's exciting. He's never had a losing season in his career, Bill Clark. No. As a high school coach, no. as a college coach, never. No. So. Don't we and, have a kicker? T- don't we have a punter down there? We do have a punter down there. We uh, there Kyle Greenwell, the starting punter at uh, yeah, in, and in, mm-hmm. uh, was an Independence graduate from right here in uh, Southern Middle Tennessee. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, um, yeah. You know who? Who are some of the other teams? Obviously, UTSA had a really good year last year. Uh, yeah, it, they've got to be kind of the they're the team. solid now. Yeah, yeah, they're solid. They, you know, they've got sincere McCormick. McCormick, their their running back is is the best running back in the conference and one of the best in the country. I mean, that guy, that he's an NFL guy. He'll play. Uh, he'll play in the NFL. Uh, you know, they got everybody back. They didn't. They didn't really lose anybody. And they've got a couple. They added a couple defensive linemen in the in a transfer portal that were. I don't remember where they came from, but they're going to be better. They were really good defensively last year, and they're going to be even better. Uh, they're going to be very good. You know, Louisiana Tech just added Austin Kendall, who started Oklahoma and then went to West Virginia at quarterback. That was kind of what they were missing a little bit. They didn't have a, a quarterback, and then they, and then they didn't really have a, a running back coming back. And they they got Marcus Williams Williams from App State, who was who was like their their home run guy at App State, who was who was tremendous. And then they they just added uh, another guy. I don't remember you know another uh, transfer portal guy running back. So they'll be very good in the West. Um, you know, Southern Miss upgraded with the coaching staff and and some some Will Hall. guys and big big Will hire Hall's there. Tremendous. What Will Hall? I think Will Hall Hall is a star. I mean, I think he's really he's a really impressive guy. In fact, you know when when um, when I was talking to some people about you know UAB when it looked like you know when people always worry about Bill Clark leaving. You know, I mean, even though he's kind of proven he's going to stay, you know, and they were saying, well, who who could we get? And and I mean, first name on my list was. Was looking to Will Will Hall because I just think that guy is going to be really you know a coaching star and so I think you know they're going to be better because of that you know on the east side you know Marshall's better because they don't have Doc Holliday um, you know and they've got everybody back and I think Huff you know Huff's got to prove himself. <laughs> he said but, because you know, this man said because they don't they have don't Doc have Doc Holliday. Wow, yeah. there you go. Well, yeah. they the, but yeah. they do have Charles Huff, right? Is that who well, they, they do have? Char- so, yeah. They say they have Charles Huff, and they have some, you know, they have some guys, and and so I think they're going to be pretty good. You know, the one that's intriguing to me is Western Kentucky. They went out and got don't say that Houston Baptist, airways. Houston Baptist entire uh, passing attack. They took the Bailey Zapp was a quarterback who threw for like six touchdowns. You know, I think he played. I think they played two Conference USA teams. I think he threw for like ten touchdowns in those games. Uh, so Bailey's Zapp's quarterback, and I think they're top three receivers. And uh, they've got like, I mean, I'm telling you, they got 15, 16 portal guys. So they're, you know, they're going to be really intriguing to see. And I, you know, I think Tyson Hell's a, a heck of a coach. I mean, he's, you know, he's um, he was here at UAB uh, as an offensive, co- well, not as offensive, his dad was offensive coordinator, but he was quarterback coach and recruiting coordinator. And you know, I think he's a pretty good coach. And so I think, you know, they're going to be good. FAU's going to be solid. They, you know, they got everybody back from, one of the best defenses in the in the conference, and they got some portal help, and 
uh, Rice. You know, Rice is a team that was really solid defensively last year and, you know, just didn't have any offense. And they went and got um, McCaffrey's, I don't, I don't even know his first name, a quarterback, the McCaffrey kid that has been at three different schools or two different schools before this. And he'll probably be their quarterback. And I think he's the real deal. So, you know, I, you know, I mean, there's, it's got to be, it's, it, like I said, it's got to be intriguing and, you know, and, um, it's just got to be a matter of who stays healthy and, and who can kind of who can, um, sort of who can gel too, you know, cause that's the one thing about this portal thing that's strange to me is, you know, you bring in all these guys and, and you're going to go, okay, well, I'm going to bring in this guy to play a year and he's going to take your place. And you've been here three years working your tail off, but he's going to play right now. So, so mm. to me, it's, it's the coaches that can, they can kind of handle that and, keep these teams together, especially at the, you know, the conference USA level, I think it's a little different at the, you know, you know, the higher, you know, the, the power five level, but so we'll see who can, who can gel and, you know, in, in really a short time and, and, and see what happens. I, I mean, I really look forward to watching it though. Conference USA is always fun because you never know what's going to happen week in and week out. And that's one of the big things that, that we love about this conference and one of the reasons that we enjoy, uh, you know, watching watching MTSU and Western and all those teams and UAB, et cetera. Um, so it's it's always fun. We enjoy it, and we have enjoyed our time with you, Steve. We appreciate you taking some time away from your vacation. Go enjoy some delicious oysters and shrimp, and uh, we'll we will catch back up with you uh, probably at some point during this season if you don't mind. That sounds great, man. Anytime y'all call, this has been fun. Absolutely, Steve Irvine covers UAB for. Just about anybody that'll let him, which is a great gig to have. It is. Like, let me – I'm going to tell you what I cover. Do you want it? There you go. <laughs> I like it. And that's, a, that's a good way to do things. I'm just saying. All right, we're going to come back, and then we will finally get a chance to talk uh, the other college football, the Power 5 stuff. A lot – to get to in this next segment, so stick around. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Back to the Lee Company studio right after this. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Festop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. sports and beyond it's on southern middle tennessee sports today 
Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant, intern two, Lawson Smith in studio with you here at the Front Porch Sports Headquarters, WKOM 101.7 FM, and the Lee Company studio. Glad to have you along with us here at the bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. J.P. used to tell me not to do that, but I keep forgetting. What's up? Don't say what hour it is. Cause oh, because we podcast? Yeah. So so he wants it to be like Vegas Casino where you don't make you don't references to what time, to time it is. What time is it? No, game, just, it's game time. Just Ooh. the bottom of the hour. 15 yeah. past the hour. 15 yeah. short of the hour. Or at the bottom but, of the hour. But don't specify. Don't specify which hour. Which hour. <laughs> yes. You'll be messing around and recording the show. We're one thirty in the afternoon here. <laughs> it's... 530 at night. Uh, yeah, we don't want to do that. But we do. We, we, you are on your drive home, and if you are, we appreciate you guys uh, letting us into your vehicles and uh, letting us entertain you on your drive. Um, We hope we're entertaining you anyway. Well, if we're not, someone is, I'm sure. A lot of college football to get to in this segment, so let's go ahead and get to it because we got – we don't have enough. We don't have enough time to anywhere get close to this, but we're going to try. And we got twenty pounds of football that we're trying to put in a ten pound sack. That's correct. Yeah. And starting with um, some sad news. Very sad news. One of uh, one of the greatest dudes to ever do it, Bobby Bowden. Yeah. Um, news came down that um, the ninety one year old Bobby Bowden, the longtime Florida State coach is fighting a terminal illness. He um, said in a statement to the Tallahassee Democrat earlier today, I've always tried to serve God's purpose for my life on and off the field, and I'm prepared for what is to come. My wife, Ann, and our family have been life's greatest blessing. I'm at peace. Um, No specification as to what the illness is that um, he's dealing with, but Bobby Bowden fighting terminal illness. So So I'm going to tell you a story that I heard earlier on the George Plaster show. <laughs> um, Watson Brown on staff with Pat Dye at East Carolina. Bobby's on. Bobby's the head coach at West Virginia. Pat Dye and Watson Brown are getting ready to go to Tallahassee. Pat Dye's got the job. And then Bobby Bowden swoops in, takes the job, and Pat Dye ends up at Auburn. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> isn't that wild? That is wild. <laughs> so there you go. I um did a Google search on Bobby Bowden just a little bit ago to see what where this situation was, and Brett McMurphy has a tweet. It's one of my favorite Bobby Bowden stories. There was a pregame brawl between before the '98 Florida State Florida game. Florida quarterback. Doug Johnson threw a football at Bowden but missed. Johnson wasn't disciplined. Bowden was asked what would have happened if his quarterback threw at Spurrier. Bowden, he would have hit, hit him. him. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Yeah. Bobby Bowden is as quick-witted as anybody. He's sharp. Guy was – I'm talking about could could turn you on a dime yeah. with, his, with his wit and humor. So, we'll certainly uh, – have certainly missed it in college football and will miss it going forward. I do have a Bobby Bowden signed football, though, so I'll take it. That's good enough for me. Okay. 
Speaking of the George Plaster show, we've teased this stat of the day. And I just thought this was so interesting because two of these names I would have never put up there. And Ever. one of them is number two. The top five in Southeastern Conference all-time passing yards. Um, two of them were pretty easy. Relatively easy. Because, I mean, we all came I up also, with Peyton. I also lied. Uh-oh. Flip the two Georgia guys. What? Yep. <laughs> and it's not and it's not close. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Um, so like I said, we all guessed Peyton. But we all thought he would have been higher than number five. Certainly higher than the guy who's twelve yards ahead of him. Chris Leak. Florida's Chris Leak. Comes in at number four. Never would have got Chris Lee. Never. Wouldn't have been in my top ten. Okay. But was really good. And I'll tell you, one thing about Chris Leak is the tightest spiral I've ever seen on a college football quarterback was Chris Leak. That dude could freaking spin it. And and the thing is, you know, when you think about the receivers that were coming oh, yeah. through there what through that do? era, I mean, you, you would have thought more Florida guys would have been up there probably. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, number three was – who I thought was number one until 30 seconds ago, is the other guy that I got that you got also, David Green. I picked David Green because at one time he was the all-time wins leader in SEC football history, and that and I just remembered that, so I assumed he probably had a lot of passing yards. I, I would have thought Eric Zire would have been up there. You said he was sixth? Sixth, he is. So yep. I was close. Yep. But the top two, I would never – Ever. You could have given me a hundred guesses, and I never would have gotten either one of them. You good? Austin, you going to live? <laughs> you know yeah. that Heim- Was it something I said? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you need, do I need to you do the Heimlich maneuver? I hope not. Heimlich. No, it was just a tickle in the back of my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. <Anyway. laughs> All right. So, the number two all-time... Southeastern Conference passing yardage leader. Currently with the Denver Broncos? Yes, he is with the Denver Broncos. Drew Drew Locke. I never, never. Never. I never. If you had put a gun in my head, you might as well just shot me. I'd have never gotten it. I've already been shot this week for (laughs) hot dogs. But um, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And number one is Georgia's all-time passing leader because he's the Southeastern Conference all-time passing leader, and that's Aaron Murray. And, And when I go back and think about it, I think he actually broke the record for wins, too. So I guess that makes sense because he played for four years, and all of these guys played their entire careers. Uh, Eric Zire, number six. Warfel, number seven. Jared Lorenzen, God rest his soul. Uh, coming in The at Pillsbury eight. throw boy. The round mound of touchdown. <laughs> Dude, I wish I could have brought him onto a show just one time. It would have been so much fun. Eli Manning at nine, and then Casey Clawson coming in at 10th, which surprised me too. So, wow. Bo Wallace, number 12. Come on, Giles County, stand up. Wow. <laughs> and, and he what only he play? played three Two, years. Three? And didn't start for one. So, Bo, killing it. Aaron 12th. Mur- Aaron Murray has uh, 900 and seven sixty seven more yards than Drew Locke all time. 
almost a thousand yards more than Drew Locke. That's crazy. Anyway. Wow. Okay. Now, this is the story we're all trying to get to. You know what? Let's keep going. All I right. want to. I want to say because I told you this earlier. Mike Leach mm-hmm. steps to the podium today at SEC Media Days, and he says, "I'm not really much for opening." statements anyway and you guys are going to ask whatever you want to know so any questions <laughs> <laughs> and he's not wrong efficient it doesn't matter what he says That's in an true. opening statement the reporters are going to ask what they want to ask I, so I, I like that i love but it. i covered vanderbilt women's basketball when jim foster would walk in and throw it open as soon as he stepped to the podium and you're like because he wanted uh, to know what you we're going to ask, and if you were paying attention. So he wasn't going to help you by giving you an opening statement, you know. That's – hey, I, I liked that. I thought it was great. Um, Leach has always got something up his sleeve, and that's a that's a good one. That dude is fantastic. He's going to be great for media days. As he I guess he just figured days. he was going to get out of there 10 minutes earlier by not doing an opening statement. Whatever it takes, man. So – uh, that was fun. Uh, Clark Lee was also at the podium today. He failed to acknowledge that he already has a starting quarterback, but we all know that he has a starting quarterback. So I don't. He's making everybody earn it with the number thing. Well, we've so, talked. We yeah, we talked so off whatever. offline about that. Yeah, none of the Vanderbilt practice jerseys have numbers on them. They do now. Oh, do they only need? They only did it for like a week. But yeah. The the fact that they did it at all is a basically he basically he said we are trying to start over we're cleansing from the inside basically a nice way of saying Derek Mason had this place all messed up it's a culture change which may or may yeah. not be accurate but I mean if you're a new coach you you get to say that I I don't know if it was or not but it's pretty bad last year man people people who I have. I've talked to say that Vanderbilt as a whole in the football program was in shambles. And I don't know that that was necessarily Derek's fault. I think a lot of, I'm just going to tell you that I don't know if we know if Derek Mason can coach or not, because (laughs) Derek Mason was not the only issue with Vanderbilt football. Oh no. Well, that was, I think that was what a lot of people were saying is it wasn't Derek necessarily. It was from top down. And, and if, Clark Lee doesn't get any better support than Derek Mason got, then in five years we'll be saying the same, same, same thing, thing about, about him. him. I, th- I think no the, question. I think the biggest thing was the lack of organization. Um, that was that at least appeared from the outside. Um, that's that's just my personal. Take. I said so, what I said. Yeah. And then Nick Saban is asked point blank, "How do we address you?" What is, <laughs> what is your name? Was that Dion or was that somebody from the Clarion Ledger or who was that? <laughs> it was that not that? anybody from the Clarion Ledger. It was uh, the first one out though, wasn't it? First question out. How do we address you? Is I it, love it. it. Nick, what did he say? Is it Coach Saban? Is it Coach Nick? What is it? Is it Saban? How, how do we? He goes. Well, I've answered to just about anything, and I've been called a lot worse. He said, <laughs> but I guess you know. A person has the uh, the right to choose how they want to be addressed. So, therefore, did he did he ever answer the question? He said he didn't care. Okay, he doesn't care how you address him, which makes Dion's statement a 
now we know it was an uneducated statement because Nick Saban has never cussed anybody out for calling him anything. I would go that far. <laughs> no, no, they've never. He's never. He's never gotten angry over being addressed a certain way. He's gotten angry over questions. Mm-hmm. That's Cecil Hurt's job is to get him out of the press conference. <laughs> Ask a question so absurd that I can storm well, out and leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, that's fun. Who do we know who asked that question? Because I, I don't to. know. Uh, that's fantastic. I'm not sure who asked. How him, do sorry. we address you? So there you go. That's fine. Finally, now that we are through all of that. We can get to the good stuff. The Houston Chronicle has now put out a story claiming that within weeks, the Southeastern Conference will announce that the University of Texas and Oklahoma University will be joining the SEC. What does that mean? Grand scheme? It means the NCAA is on notice. Hmm. Short term? Well, I think it it, it means that the Big 12 is on notice. Because already the Big 12 is down to 10 teams. Now they're the Big 8. Which which (laughs) they've been before. Yeah. (laughs) But they weren't the Big 8 without OU. So... Or Texas or or Arkansas. No, Texas was in the Southwest and so was Arkansas. That's right. Yeah. But... OU was in the Big Eight when it was the Big Eight. So, um, it'd be interesting. And I think what happens at that point, as as you've talked, is you know they go to the SEC with sixteen teams. I think the best way to attack that would be four four team divisions. I can see that. I mean, I can see. Four team divisions, um, and then you could play everybody in your division, everybody in one other division, and then but you'd rotate. Have to have conferences too, though. Yeah, because the two champions. Well, you're, I don't guess you'd have to have a championship game. I mean, the SEC is not going to not have one because exactly. it's too much money. But then you have to have a conference. You just take the best two records out of everybody. Yeah, just take, well, what if you've got? Four eleven. You got tiebreakers. Tie I mean, you can you can find two teams at the top. NFL does it. I mean, they the they NFL they has get a playoff. Yeah, but they still rank them. They get, but they have a one and a two seed, so you can get to that. <laughs> there are tiebreakers out there. Yeah, you yeah. can make it work. I, Here's it, the thing. Most immediately, you would have eight teams in the East and eight teams in the West, and and what that looks like to us, to me, <laughs> is Texas and Oklahoma go to the West, mm-hmm. Auburn and Alabama go to the East, and Missouri goes from East to West. I think, and that gets you eight and eight. Yeah, it it absolutely does. Who is the most angry about this? Is Texas A&M going to allow Texas to come in? Would they not block this? I don't know who's more angry about it, whether it's Texas A&M or whether it's Florida and Georgia over Auburn and Alabama coming to the east. Nobody should be upset. It's more money. Nobody should Nobody hates money. (laughs) Nobody should say, I don't like this because, you know, the coaches maybe because they don't want to play tough opponents, but – the SEC and the schools, it's more money. 
if this happens. It absolutely is. There's no question there. And I what think happens to Texas's Longhorn Network? That's the big under that, this because you could still keep it. I mean, it, it well currently their deal is they get a share of the Big Twelve. TV money and they get to keep all of the Longhorn Network money. I well, don't think the SEC is going to go for no, that. No, they're not going. No, they're not going to get a share. It of the would SEC just be money. part of the SEC network at that point. You'd have to. Yeah, I think the Longhorn Network money would have to go into the pot, into the pool. Yeah, you couldn't just keep all of it. No, you couldn't keep all of it. No. Yeah, I think Texas stands to make more money. I do too. SEC contracts a hell of no a lot question. bigger than the Big Twelve. No question. That's the thing is Texas is going to make their money either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. I don't see an issue with this. I think I think this is the prerequisite to the NCAA being rendered moot against Power Fives. That's M-O-O-T, yes. by the way. Not M U T. Not mute, moot. I, I, I just think that, you know, as Greg Sankey said earlier this week, I'm tired of small schools telling us what to do. <laughs> so this right here is is the SEC – and the two biggest names out of the Big 12 saying, we're done. Weeks, we'll be, the Houston Chronicle says. We'll weeks. be interesting to see what the next domino is after that. Yeah, certainly, certainly going to be interesting. We will continue to talk about this. I have reached out to uh, Oklahoma beat writer Jason Kersey of The Athletic. I will let you know if and when he responds, if we can get him on later this week or maybe next week to talk about this. So should be fun. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it is a long overdue break. Well, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's all wild and wacky anyway. So we're going to get to the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. When we come back on a Southern middle Tennessee sports today, presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint back to the Lee company studio right after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yao, Mopat, and J.P. Plant, Anna Lawson-Smith, all in the Lee Company studio, Front Porch Sports Headquarters, WKOM 1017 FM. Glad to have you guys with us here. Um, It's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. As we are nine minutes to the top of the hour, and it's been a wild and wacky day all day long. But as you all know, this show is a Subway News outlet. It might as well be Subway News Network. 
Um, <laughs> and, and we and have a, and a sub theme with uh, Florida people. There's that because I actually have not a Florida man, but a Florida woman. Oh, even better, equal time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, hey, gender equality here. That's we're right. We, we we're not we're not here for sexism for, for sexism. We we are an equal opportunity uh, basher. First, though, our subway news of the week. Franchisees are really angry with Subway because they had this idea. They were like, hey, here's a plan to get people to come back to your stores. But it didn't work. What they try to do, Lawson? I don't know. You tell me. You had the article. I couldn't pull it up. Oh, okay. Well, here you go. Last week, Subway launched the Eat Fresh Refresh program to help reverse struggling fortunes. According to Insider, they had 1 million 6-inch Turkey Cali Fresh subs were going to be put into the hands of hungry Americans, but only between the hours of 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. Surprisingly, franchisees are reporting that this was a massive disaster because nobody wanted the free Subway sandwich. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> that's that's not sad at all. I mean, I don't know what's in this Turkey Cali sub because we don't know what's in the tuna either. Anyway. All right, Lawson, your Florida woman story. All right, so... We got a Florida woman who was arrested after skinny dipping in a neighbor's pool. In a neighbor's pool? Yes. Not her pool. Somebody else's pool. Somebody else's. Okay. The man said, well, what can you say when you come home and see a woman skinny dipping in your pool? That's what Florida resident Jim Clark said after he encountered when he returned home from a doctor's appointment and found a naked woman in the pool of his Port Charlotte home. What was his name again? Jim Clark. Jim Clark. According to the... I'm going to bet that this is just me taking a guess. Jim Clark is married? I don't know. It doesn't say in the article, but Heather A. Kennedy, who is... The, the woman, 42 years old, is facing charges of trespassing in structure or conveyance and resisting an officer without violence. She did not identify herself to the deputies, but authorities said the sheriff's office identified her by using previous jail booking photos. <laughs> so there you go. This wasn't this this first, first rodeo. Rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, there was a lady that... Uh, was in a guy's hotel room in Nashville. I think she had, she had broken in. No, it was it was his apartment. She had broken into his apartment because she thought it was her hotel room somehow, and was asleep on the bed when he came home and was like, "Hey, uh, what the crap?" <laughs> so yeah, I mean, oh. it, I guess it happens. Um, you know, I guess if you're Jim Kelly. Jim no, Jim Kelly. <laughs> Jim who? Jim Clark. Jim Clark. No, Kelly. You, you, don't, you don't want other folks in your pool, I guess, maybe. Especially during COVID. I'm just saying. COVID. COVID. Um, a man in Japan was busted for driving a drone under the influence. Okay. Yeah. 
Can't what, get a drone what, drunk. Did he crash it into something? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> he get the drone drunk. That's so oh good. Oh man! So apparently, you know, obviously you can get arrested driving a car, but apparently it, you can drive a remote control car while drunk, and that is also illegal. Uh, he was arrested for flying a drone under the influence, which is actually illegal in Japan as well as several other areas, including New Jersey. This uh, <laughs> 56-year-old man had drank eight beers between 7 a.m. and noon. <laughs> How many? Eight. Uh, eight between 7 a.m. and noon. <laughs> that's uh, that's the key here. Eight and five and hours. Five hours. <laughs> I mean, here's here's what that's not. Here's dude. the effects. That's not it. That's not. That's not too an terribly. inordinate amount. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's yeah. But apparently, it was the time of day. Time of day that mm-hmm. got him. Uh, this was in Japan. It, yes, and maybe the guy, maybe he thought he was in the the states. It would have been about five o'clock, o'clock. somewhere. Huh? Five o'clock somewhere. There you go. Uh, Breakfast is the most important meal <laughs> of the day. <laughs> hey, maybe he worked third shift. During, during this, uh, no, no, he did not. Dur- oh, no. <laughs> during this morning drinking affair, he decides to clean his entire house. And in the process of cleaning, he found the drone that he hadn't flown in a while. He got it out and took it for a spin, crashed it into a neighbor's window. No one was injured, but the police came and he admitted to drinking and droning. <laughs> Drinking and drunk. Never sounds, ends well. Sounds like he suffers from OSS, oh something shiny, you know? <laughs> squirrel? Yeah, exactly. I have, I have squirrel issues too, so there you go. Um, You've ever stolen something completely? No! No. <laughs> you have me at stealing, no. You've never stolen anything completely like as a kid, like a candy bar or something? Like, just... Dumb stuff like stuff that doesn't really matter. Like you I know. might have stolen a toy from someone as a kid. Okay, so this guy in Miami stole candles. Oh boy, he got away. What but scent? I, Were they a specific scent? I don't know, but some people take their candles very seriously. Yes. Like from Yankee Candle, or was it from somebody's house? Or Bath and Body Works. Yeah. So uh, he walks into a Miami mall. He decides to take the candles. He starts shoving them into his bag, and when people around him notice, he executed a fairly extreme getaway plan by spraying everyone in their face with bear mace. Mm. Well, I guess he couldn't Jeez. cover his scent. He's... <laughs> Police say he sprayed 35 people, including the store manager, and uh, that means 35 felonies, folks. Mm. Oh 35 <laughs> felony assault charges. Over candles. Over candles. That's tough. They won't let you take them where he's going. <laughs> no, they will not. <laughs> and they won't let you out. Trust me. I asked. <laughs> let me out. Uh-uh. All right, guys. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we will be back tomorrow on a Thursday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Got a lot going on. More SEC Media Days. More talk about OU Texas, I'm sure. Plenty to get to. So we appreciate you guys hanging out with us today for Mo Patton. And JP Plant on the controls, Lawson Smith with the video. I'm Chris Yao saying, I hope you all have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Cool,